1: That is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today I have Adele Spragan with me. Adele and I talk about her book, Four Steps to Personal Empowerment. And we really deep dive into the brain, into patterning, and and how to better live your life with new patterns and how to make these kind of behavioral changes happen. I'm just going to read you what one person wrote about her book. Finally, a revolutionary new approach to achieve your goals and live the life you really want. Are your patterns of behavior continuously getting in the way and stopping you from getting the things you want most in your life? Forget commitment, willpower, positive thinking, mindset techniques, or better goal setting. These approaches are a thing of the past. We were told to use our mind to fix our problems, but this is simply not the case. Current brain research proves that you are not in control of your choices. Instead, your decisions are the result of decision-making patterns that were created early in life and that continue to control your life. To take different actions, you need to change your patterns That means no blame in your past, no shame in your future, and nothing to fix in your present. There are only patterns and patterns can be changed. And the woman, that's what Adele has written, but the woman that actually read the book says, her technique, repatterning, is not intuitive and presented a challenge to someone as left-brained as me. But this book makes it easier to understand the process as Adele writes with clarity, compassion, and a bit of humor. I have spent two decades trying to Fix myself, quote unquote. After reading Shift, I understood I am not the problem. It is my patterns. I've seen life changing results using the technique explained in this book. So we dive deep into her techniques, and you'll learn so much more. So enjoy my conversation with Adele. Welcome, Adele. So happy to have you on here today to talk about your work.
0: Thank you, Lara. Happy to be here.
1: So first, let's just dive right in. Um, What is it like? What is your background, your journey into becoming this behavioral change expert that you are now?
0: Well, it started, gosh, I've been in the personal development industry now, I'd say 30, 35 years at this point. And uh, initially, Laura, I I was teaching and coaching using very traditional methodologies, such as positive thinking and affirmations. And uh, behavioral change as in setting goals and getting to those goals but I after about 15 years of teaching this I, I was struggling very much myself I, I kept quitting I wanted my own business apart from coaching and um, every business I started I turned tail and I ran as soon as I started it and also, in addition to that, after my daughter was born, I started to have panic attacks and I was having panic attacks every day and nothing I was doing was helping me. And so finally, I approached my my coaches, and I said, hey, guys, how's it really going? Like, you know, let's let's get real here. And about 25 percent of them were reaching their goals and then the rest of them were eh, not so much. So I thought, OK, it can't be us. We're doing everything that we've been told to do. So I went back to university. I studied the human mind. I wanted to study how do we make decisions. And sure enough, I determined that we're using the wrong operating instructions. So at that point, I created new ones. (laughs) I created them based on how our brain is patterned and how the brain is making decisions on our behalf. And so in order for us to take new actions or to make new decisions, we first have to change those brain patterns. So that's what I did. I created a method to change the brain patterns. And today, the the results are remarkable. 87% of the people who use this technique get to their goals. And that's truly incredible results. So if Mm. we know how to work the brain, it's, it's amazing how effective the human being can be.
1: Well, you're totally speaking my language because this is what I teach in movement, because the brain obviously is the CEO. It is the generator of everything, everything, the way we move, the way we think, the way we breathe, the, the way we digest. And I agree that often we're kind of taking uh, an approach that is not as effective, that isn't um, changing that neural mapping, that that wiring um, and when we address like our habits and are they working for us or are they not you know habits i kind of define as things that we do automatically so much that we're not even aware of it so i'd love to know the difference between what would be habits and patterns that you reference a lot in your work
0: yeah so i see habits as just being repetitive actions that we do over and over again they have dropped down into the unconscious, and it's actually the unconscious just just doing that. So we're just unconsciously taking those actions. By patterns, I mean everything that we do. Whether it works or doesn't work, it's still given by an existing brain pattern. And if we think about where our brain is in the body, that makes total sense. Our brain is inside a dark and silent room called the skull. It has no access to the outside world. So, everything that it does is given by first an interpretation that it determines based on your past. And so, our brain is just constantly looking at what's going on out here by referencing what happened to you before and then predetermining what you need to be doing based on that past activity. And so, it just keeps making the same mistakes over and over again. Once it has a pattern, it just gets trapped inside. That pattern and just keeps taking that same action. And you now sometimes that action works and it works very well. Sometimes it doesn't work. And it's those patterns that don't work that I say we need to address, remove and upgrade. So
1: um speaking of patterns, I love this idea because uh, I talk a lot about the brain, you know, in terms of like pain, because I get a lot of people as a physical therapist who have pain, and pain is real, but it is the brain's interpretation of a threat. And then it it uh, sends out signals, responding to that threat, and that is a pain signal. But the pain is actually that opinion that the brain has formed. When would you say that um, people can acknowledge kind of the patternings that have formed that that do hearken back to many years that we're not even aware of? Like, at what point do most people? become aware of that or is it not until they work with somebody like you that they even know that those patterns exist?
0: Yeah well we're not used to thinking of our actions as being given by patterns. We're, we're told very much that you are in conscious control of what you do. In fact, how we are educated to see ourselves is that we think first, feel second, act third and everybody is is conditioned to believe that. it's not true. What neuroscience has now determined is that we feel first, we act second, and we think last. Our thoughts are actually in reaction to what the body has already done, or already doing in that moment. And so um I like to say that every thought just rides in on the back of a pattern. You know, and, and speaking of, of your topic, like that chronic pain topic, um, Norman Deutsch works extensively talks extensively about chronic pain in his books. And anybody who's in chronic pain, I recommend that you get those books. Um, And there was a doctor in there, and I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but he was working with a patient with chronic pain. And what he said was happening was that her body was actually healed, but the brain didn't know it. And so it just kept firing those pain messages over and over again. So when we can reconnect to where the pattern is originating, which is actually in the body, not in the brain, um, not in the mind, I should say, brain and body are deeply, deeply connected. We can't really say, we can't really separate those two. So let's stop trying to do that. Okay. Amen. (laughs) Let's separate mind from emotions, from physical sensations. Those we can kind of identify, but brain, body, no, let's call those one organism. Okay. Okay. So here is the body which is healed and here is a brain which doesn't know it. And so it just keeps supplying those pain messages in efforts to protect you. But when we can start with where the pain originates, which is in the sensation, and just bring conscious awareness to that sensation. You know, Norman Deutsch, this doctor who Norman Deutsch talks about, he says like how just by being aware that the brain is actually misfiring helps this woman to heal because it stopped her from being so invested in trying to heal the pain and instead just explore the pain and just become aware of the pain. Now, deep, deep levels of awareness Done consciously can heal magnificent amount of stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that they heal illness because your body's protecting you, but definitely if that chronic misfiring is happening, that healing is taking place.
1: You might be talking about Dr. John Sarno. He wrote the book Healing Low Back Pain and it and he talks about it actually being um like literally your brain, not that you actually have low back pain, but again, that part has healed, but your brain doesn't know the difference. And he goes. It's a brilliant book, and it's really probably really saved a lot of people who have this chronic low back pain. So that might have been the person, but if not, he's another great person. Um, can you talk about, like, besides like chronic pain, what are some other behavioral um, behavioral habits or patterns that have been formed? And there's plenty of examples, but can you give us an example of one? that um, is needed to be shifted that you've worked with?
0: Um, I would love to tell a story, not one of my own experiences that happened through my own repatterning because it was, and um, I hope your audience doesn't mind if this is going to sound a little woo-woo. Um, not at all.
1: <laughs> We're okay, up for good. it. We're okay. totally up for <laughs> it. We like the science. Because- we like the woo-woo. We like it all. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Because actually, upon reflection, I realized it wasn't woo woo at all. But at the time, I, it, it felt deeply, deeply woo woo to me. So I was in a deep state of repatterning, which can be a form of meditation. And I was I was really, really exploring the sensations in the body, and. My body took over, and this is the best way I can describe it. It was as if my mind and my body split, and my thoughts were now watching my body, and my body was actually in control. What had happened was I had been born with part of my face locked, I'm going to call it. So I had this very, very tight jaw for most of my life, and I smiled out of one side of my face, and it was just how I was born. In this experience, my body started to twist uh, my head around and twist all of my body. And my body was moving. Now, my mind at this point, Lara, was freaking out. I got to say, my mind is saying, stop doing this. This is dangerous. You're going to hurt yourself. My body was just doing its thing. It's just like it, it knew what to do. Eventually, I heard this enormous crack. And then everything just stopped. My body just stopped moving. And my mind said, now you've done it, haven't you? And I thought, what is going on? You know, it was just such a bizarre experience. Anyway, I, I, I went and I looked in the mirror and I'm looking at my face and I'm going, oh my gosh, like I'm smiling out of both sides of my mouth. That entire tension in my jaw was just gone. I, I could open my mouth fully for the first time. And this was, you know, I was born with this. And so I did a lot of research into what had happened. And when I realized it happened is that our right hemisphere and our left hemisphere actually have two very different personalities, two very different needs, two very different wants. And our right hemisphere is deeply, deeply connected to the body. Mostly, though, we prioritized our left hemisphere. Our left hemisphere has become dominant in this world. Left hemisphere is where thoughts are, where the mind is could-be-say is located, um, and it is most of the time in charge or thinking that it's in charge. In this particular instance, my left brain became the dominant hemisphere. Or my le- uh, sorry, my right brain became the dominant hemisphere. My left brain became the messenger, and that's why I was having this dual conversation occurring in my mind, <laughs> my body doing its thing, my mind kind of catching up. Um, And so at that point, my right hemisphere knew exactly what my body needed to do to heal. And it just healed it. It just healed it magnificently. I mean, I was just shocked by it. And now, since then, that was probably one of my very first repatterning experiences. Since then, I've gone on and now I've learned to trust my right hemisphere, trust when things like this happen relax into them and my mind doesn't freak out anymore <laughs> but and but that's the the ability of your body and of your human brain it's incredible
1: that is incredible so i'm curious if you have any practices that help that uh right-sided brain kind of become more wired into your daily life
0: yeah so my entire technique is Uh, the goal of it, the the result of it, I should say, is to balance the brain hemispheres. Every problem on this planet today, and I hate to sound oversimplistic, but honestly, it comes down to this. Almost every single conflict, every single conflict internally, externally comes down to the left hemisphere being positioned as the dominant hemisphere. If we can balance the human brain, internal conflicts just melt away that little voice inside you that says you're not good enough that just disappears entirely and external conflicts disappear i i've i and my clients we notice all the conflicts in family just start to melt all the conflicts around us in workplace just start to melt it's because honestly we are we are just um trying to use the wrong hemisphere in the wrong way as soon as we balance the brain we, the solutions, the creativity, the amount of um compassion is just tremendous. And it is how the human brain is meant to be. It is honestly our innate birthright to be happy, to be compassionate and to be whole and complete creatures.
1: Mm, I love that. It's so interesting. I'm having like an aha moment because in my lit yoga method, which is a combination of my background in neurodevelopmental um, sequences and that physiotherapy background, we always start with our left side. And I did that realizing how right side dominant we are. Even if you're a left-handed person, the world is set up to be that right side, which is your left hemisphere, right? So Fascinating because I think I've been tapping into the right hemisphere. And my goal was just to balance out the inherent imbalances mm-hmm. in movement, but obviously, movement is connected to behavior, thoughts, emotions. So I feel like my creativity is always getting fed and fueled. And I'm I'm so create, I'm in this really creative space. And I now thinking it has a lot to do with the fact that I work so specifically to start, you know, movement with the left side versus the right side. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that.
0: Absolutely. um, It's so true. Now, because we live in a left brain dominant world, it is helpful to begin with using the left hemisphere and then move over to the right. Okay. So, you know, when I teach people the four-step technique to balance the hemispheres, I always start with the left hemisphere. The left hemisphere feels it is in control. And frankly, it feels safe there, even though it may not be, even though it's creating a whole bunch of conflicts around you. It doesn't know that. All it cares about is what do I know and how do I know that based on my past? right? So we always begin in the left hemisphere. Our first two steps are the left hemisphere. And I can explain what I just said in a moment. And then we steps three and four move us into the right hemisphere. And that's really supportive of both hemispheres of your brain. It supports the left hemisphere to believe it's in charge, even though it isn't. And then it supports you to move to the right in a comfortable way that doesn't feel scary and unsafe so it's really important to do that, to respect the brain and respect where it's at. And once we know how to do that, the brain naturally relaxes into that balanced perspective, which is probably what you're doing too with your movement. You're starting with that left hemisphere and then moving people gently into the right and into that whole brain experience. Mm,
1: I love that. So for um, removing these old patterns, how do people typically do that without kind of this desire? Because everybody does what we know is what's comfortable. Yes. How do how do you recommend doing that without these feelings of uh, not? People are going to be discom you know uncomfortable, and I think it's important to just be okay with that. But without attachments or guilt or or um, kind of attaching even judgment to how we do that?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, part of it is theory. So, you know, I used to, in my work, initially very much dismiss theory and say it's not needed. But then I realized, no, that's actually leaving people kind of flapping around in the wind going, I don't understand what I'm doing here or why this is happening. So the left brain loves theory and needs theory. So let me just explain what a pattern is, where a pattern comes from, and why removing it is so important rather than just trying to upgrade it initially. So where does a pattern come from? Well, the human brain is not born with patterns. Unlike other animals, we're not born knowing what to do. We have to learn everything. So from the moment we enter this planet, our brain very, very quickly is piecing together its paint patterning. How does it do that? Every single situation that you encounter, which is brand new to you, the brain takes the action that you just took, which originates in the body, remember, and stores it away for future use. Okay, so every situation, people think that a pattern has to be something that's repeated over and over again. No, your brain is lightning fast. Any new situation, it just stores that pattern, stores that action in a pattern. Now, why does it do that? So that the next time you encounter a similar situation, the body and the brain know what to do. You don't have to double think, which takes a little bit of extra time, okay? So now the brain just starts firing on that pattern, and it'll keep firing on that pattern as long as that pattern appears to work. Not logical, though. Brain is very illogical. It it just, as long as it appears to fit the situation, it will keep using that pattern over and over again. That feels safe to the brain, and it doesn't matter how much you suffer. That is irregardless to the brain. It doesn't matter, okay? It's am I taking the same action that I took yesterday? Because if you can take that same action, that appears to be the thing that will get you to survive. So it just keeps doing that. All right, that's why we need to remove it. We can't just add a, a, an additional layer on top of that and say, I'm going to fix that by taking a new action. If we don't remove the old action, we're just constantly fighting ourselves. And that too becomes part of the suffering and part of that internal conflict. And all we end up doing is making ourselves wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. There is just a pattern that doesn't work. As soon as you know that and you know how to tease it apart, then the brain does what the brain does. It will make those corrections. It will deconstruct the old. It will construct new. But that new will be brand new. Okay. So you asked another very valuable question, Laura. Well, how do we do that when to remove means we have to enter the unknown? And I'm going to repeat that. It's really important that everybody understands that. Patterns know. They know the situation. They know the action. Okay. And sometimes that knowing is very incorrect, very illogical. So in order to get to a new pattern, though, we first have to enter the state, which is the unknown. And that can be scary. So that's where we start. We have to get the the left brain comfortable just relaxing into the unknown and knowing that the right hemisphere will take care of it and will create a new pattern because the new pattern will originate in the right hemisphere. And remember that left hemisphere is cut off right now from the right. So the first thing we do is we just make the, the left brain comfortable in the unknown through theory. Once it's comfortable, boom, it just naturally takes a step to the right to create those new patterns.
1: Wow. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, my my first Initial thought is I want to go right into like how do you do how do you make that um you know right brain hemisphere comfortable
0: it's the left brain hemisphere that has to get comfortable. Okay. The right. Okay, so let's let's look at the difference between the hemispheres. <laughs> um right now, sitting here, your brain has two very different things that it has to do at exactly the same time. One thing is focus in on my voice and remove all the other distractions around you the other thing is to be aware of everything in your space on the off chance that perhaps there might be danger in that space okay so you got two different things one is broad sustained open awareness one is focused and cut off some of some of what is coming in through the senses okay how did your brain do this this is this is incompatible It does it very easily. It severs the brain in two. It goes, okay, left hemisphere, you be responsible for focusing in, for knowing stuff. Okay, right hemisphere, you be just aware of everything. All right, now, (laughs) where does the right hemisphere have to look in order to be aware of everything? It has to look at the present moment, at now. Where does the left hemisphere have to look in order to know something? It has to look to its past. Okay. So your left hemisphere is always actually a fraction of a second in the past where your right hemisphere is always here now, always present. Okay. So right hemisphere drinks everything in, everything in your environment. It doesn't distinguish. It doesn't say this is better than that. It just drinks it all in. It passes it over to the left hemisphere. The left hemisphere separates, divides, prioritizes, and says, this is what you should pay attention to. This you can ignore. Okay. This is why we, when that left hemisphere became dominant, we lost our connection to the present moment. We need to come back to the present moment. The only way to get there, the only way to get there is by balancing the brain tapping back into the right hemisphere.
1: I see. So the left hemisphere is more holding the patterns of your past. Got it. Now, where does the sympathetic nervous system come into left, right brain?
0: Um, The body is deeply connected to the right hemisphere of our brain. So when, let's go back to something I was saying before, your brain is locked inside a dark, silent room inside the skull. Okay. It actually has no access to anything in the present moment, but your body does. Your body's sensory senses, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, the skin, is, is feeling and absorbing everything in the present moment. That's where if you're going to change a pattern, right now you have a, you have a pattern that is running. If you're going to need a new pattern, it is your body that is going to alert your mind first that a different pattern is required. So, the body is playing an essential role, deeply connected to the right hemisphere, absorbing everything, telling the right hemisphere what's going on in its environment. Now, the right hemisphere passes it over to the left, and the left is where the pattern gets fired. Mm,
1: Okay. Triggered. Yes. So, in terms of that uh, experience of feeling the parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system, that's primarily happening in the right side. Yeah. Because it's in Right hemisphere
0: is is your body awareness, your body connection.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Everything that's going on in the body is told first to the right hemisphere.
1: Because I'm thinking about people who are like now, like we're in this state of the world where not just uh, pre post during pandemic, but just in general, we're bombarded with so much information, so many distractions and we we read all the time stress and anxiety are at a um one of the highest levels and that puts you into this very uh ready state for for <laughs> fight or flight and how do you recommend people first start to move out of that to 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 get to that balancing state
0: yeah so the the first thing to know is that um Information comes in through the senses, but you're right. We are living in a world of high, high anxiety. The question is why, okay? And here's what is occurring over the last, say, 100 years, all right? And I'm exaggerating. This really started in about the 1960s. Prior to that, life was pretty stable and pretty um nor uh, typical predictable yeah predictable exactly so you know if if you think back to the like even the 18th century you would have lived in the same village all of your life you would be born knowing exactly what you were going to do when you grow up you barely met anybody new. everybody you knew was was your neighbor right And you didn't travel very much. Very few people did. And so that that patterning that we used to do used to work really, really well. Because you didn't need to know new stuff. You didn't need to build new neural wiring all the time. Okay. Then starting in, you know, about the 1960s, things started to exponentially speed up. So at this point, patterning from your past no longer worked. Today, it's like we're on a a vertical line straight up when it comes to growth, you know, And, and most people will have not only three or four careers, they will have three or four vocations throughout their life. I mean, that requires tremendous amounts of adaptability. And that's what your brain is trying to do. If it doesn't have a tool to do that, it makes it really, really difficult and, your 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 nervous system will deeply be affected by that because you've got a disconnect between what's going on now and the patterns you're trying to use and so the 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 nervous system is trying to manage all this without the brain support so that's why we need new patternings now and that's why i'm thinking i'm honestly believing that information about the whole brain is now becoming so readily available there are lots and lots of science being turn towards our brain and what's going on. There's tons of people like you who are starting to recognize the need to balance the brain. Um, so there's lots of thought leaders who are popping up everywhere saying, hey, hey, we, we know what the issue is and how everybody, we just need to change our brain patterning. And I, I love it. I think it's great. When I started this 10 years ago, Lara, I was the only one teaching about. <laughs> And it was a, it was tough. It was pushing a rock uphill to even get people to believe me. I mean, I would say something that, how would you know that, you know, prove it today it's like, yeah, I get it. That makes total sense. And so it's lovely to see that change. Um, Now we just have to spread the word as quickly as possible.
1: Yes, I agree. And I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I started doing this about 10 years ago and it was so different and anything that's different and that says that we can rewire and change is um, you'd think that would be like, hey, let's go for that. But it was it was more novel now. And I, I, I love also that this is much more part of the just kind of daily lexicon when people are talking about improving well-being. And, you know, you mentioned adaptability, which is a term I use all the time as well. I mean, that's really coming from our nervous system in our brain. I also think of the word resilience, which is so, I mean, again, this is, everyone talks about how do we build resilience? Because we need it for our young people. We need it for people who are changing jobs, this adaptability with this sense of resilience, with this kind of bounce back and not being like, you know, just felt like you're, um, you know, underwater all the time. Uh, how How do you build resilience. And, and this is important for, for stress. This is important for people who have um, any kind of mental health imbalances that are really affecting their daily lives. What are some tools that you would beyond obviously buy your book, but any, any tools that right off the bat people could implement?
0: Yeah, I would say resilience. Let's um, here's my number one tip for everybody. Let's stop looking for solutions and start identifying problems. Our left brain loves solutions. Mm. (laughs) It loves to think that as soon as it's seen the problem, that it should be able to solve it. Not true. Our left brain, and, and when we think about how the left brain works, that makes total sense. If you had the solution in your brain right now, would you have the problem? Just let that sink in for a moment. If you already had a pattern that could drive that solution, deliver that solution, you wouldn't have the problem. So problems are indications that we are lacking the pattern that can bring the solution. So that's I, why I, I love say, this.
1: I just want to interrupt for a second because yeah, this is the problem with our society: is yes. that we think we can purchase or acquire the answer, the solution. And that's, you know, it's like, oh, this is hurting me mentally, physically, whatever. I will do this. I don't feel enough. I will buy this. And it's, that is the whole reason again, like you're talking about it's that's, that is not leading to changing patterns because you can't purchase those solutions.
0: That's right. That's right. And even if you hear the correct solution, even if somebody says to you, here, I'd like to hand you the solution on a silver plate, please take it, take it. Right. If you don't have a pattern that can accept that solution, you can't use it. Mm. So I always like to say to everybody, there's nothing wrong with you. There is absolutely nothing broken and nothing that requires fixing. You just don't yet have a pattern in your brain to deliver the solution you need. As soon as you have that pattern, your brain will naturally take that action. And it ought to be and needs to be effortless, right? Because like every pattern you have, it's an effortless action that you're taking once you have that pattern. So that's where we need to head as a society. We need to stop looking for how do I build resistance, resilience, I should say, and instead ask, why am I not resilient right now? What is stopping me from being resilient? Oh, I see that I get defeated when I'm in pain. I see that I feel hopeless. I see that I, I stop doing everything I do and just, you know, drop into a lack of action. Great. Awesome. Each one of those is given by a pattern. Now, all we have to do is remove that pattern. All you have to do, I should say, is remove that pattern from inside your brain. Your brain will immediately create a new pattern. That pattern will bring resilience. Why? Because the initial pattern that you're running on was created when you were very little, before you had all of your adult faculties and all of your adult skills and talents. Any pattern you create today has a lot more grist for the mill, a lot more fodder to use in order to take a much more effective action. And of course, resilience is where you're going to be because why wouldn't you? That's everything about your ability to thrive and move past survival into loving life.
1: Well, let's take a specific example. I see this a lot with people, and they, people that are controlling. And they're controlling because that pattern, in some way, I'm not going to say served them, but that is what they adapted to in an earlier stage of life. But it is now exhausting to to mm-hmm. be controlling. It's exhausting for the person. It's exhausting for the people around the person. And let's let's say this person comes to you and is like, "Adele, help me. I, mm-hmm. you know, I everything in my life, I I try and control. I try and." you know, micromanage, and it's, you know, uprooting my family, it's making me miserable, where do I start? Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, so the first thing I would ask is, okay, the goal is to be non-controlling. That's the direction that you want the brain to take you in. So what is making you feel controlling right now? And I I would start with a very, very deep dive call, a deep dive one-on-one session with me where we would identify all the actions, behaviors, beliefs that are causing this need for control. And every person is unique. So that would be different for every person. However, let's just say that this person fears they're a perfectionist. I'm just going to make something up and they fear mistakes. Great. Okay. Now I would say, okay, fearing mistakes is driven by an internal pattern in you. And a pattern, I'm just going to give the definition of a pattern, it's an intertwined physical sensation. Emotion and thought. So, when the three aspects of our being come together and intertwine, it results in a particular action, belief, behavior. So, under this, I'm fearing making mistakes. There runs a pattern, and I would ask the person to imagine making a mistake. So, just drop into the body. Just imagine if you've made a mistake, and they go, "Oh my gosh, that feels so cringy, and I'm so ashamed and embarrassed." and my thought is, oh, I'm going to get fired from my job. Okay, great. You've just identified the banner. So that's step one of a four-step process is to identify what's going on internally instead of looking out here at the situation. The second step is to own it as a pattern. So remember I said Your brain's inside this bony skull and it actually has no access to the outside world. So, and if you think about it, that makes total sense. This person can't possibly know that one mistake is going to lead to being fired, but the brain believes that so we don't make it wrong because there is absolutely nothing wrong. So I would invite this person to own it as a pattern. Okay, that's my pattern. I see that. I see that I've created that pattern sometime in the past and you do not have to know why or where you created it just that your brain created it. That's enough. So that's step two, is we're going to flip the switch. It's not actually real out there. It's just real internally in the pattern. Step three is where we move over to that right hemisphere of our brain. And that's where we start to deconstruct that pattern. Now, as soon as the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere is are able to see that they are misaligned, that you know, okay, yes, there's this real situation out here in which a mistake was made, but then there's the pattern which is interpreting that mistake. Those two don't line up, it just collapses the pattern. And that's done through a process of surrender. It sounds more difficult than it is when I explain it. When when you know how to do it, your brain it takes a little bit of time. Like it takes six weeks to learn this tool. But once your brain knows how to do it, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to let that go. And so it does so. It just deconstructs. And then we can start the process of building that new pattern once the old pattern is gone. So that's this fourth step is to trust in your brain's ability to create a brand new pattern.
1: Hmm. I love this. And I love that you have kind of codified it into four. I don't want to say simple steps, but just that, that there's four of them makes it Really more palatable, I think, for a lot of people. And your book is called "Shift: Four Steps to Personal Empowerment." Where can people uh, buy this book, or do you also have other offerings? That it sounds like you work one-on-one with people. Can you tell us all about um, how we can, you know, get into this personal empowerment with you? Yeah.
0: So um, I love to gift my book. I, I am really out to do my part to change the world <laughs> and try and create that whole brain um, balancing that is needed. So if anybody wants a copy of my book, all I ask is they pay for shipping and you can go to shift4steps.com. That's the number four. So S-H-I-F-T number four steps, S-T-E-P-S dot com, And they can get a copy of my book there. And I autograph it too. So um, I love that. Yeah. So that's one thing. Uh, some people are not readers. So uh, if you go to adelspragan.com, my name, two G's and spragan, um, you can get access to training as well. And I always do a value first model. So you get 30 day access, check it out, see if it's for you. If it is great, become a member. We are a community of pattern makers. We would love to support you and to really help you in, in doing everybody. everybody, I like to say together we can change the world, okay? So our one individual brain is deeply connected to all other brains. and um, We connect through language, we connect through emotional language, we connect in so, so many ways. And so when we balance our own brain, we can do tremendous things for our families, for our communities, for our workplaces. So um, yeah, so I like to say, yeah, join us. We are a community, we'll support you and together we can change the world.
1: I love that. It's a pattern that has a a tremendous ripple effect and I cannot wait to um, give it to some of my friends. So thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk about this amazing and really needed work that you're offering to the world.
0: Oh, thank you, Laura. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here.
1: Thank you, everyone who's listening. Go check out Adele's book. And as always, I'm pulling for you.